So, as Mike said, today is the end of our current series. It's called Abundant Life, and we've been looking at what it means to live abundant lives. And today, um, the finale is about how we can experience abundant life by looking at the Bible. Looking at the Bible, looking through the Bible, how can we experience abundant life? A bit like wearing a pair of holy glasses as we navigate life. Here are some verses just to bring into focus how precious God says his word is to us. So I've got a few, I'm going to just go through them. 2 Timothy 3 says, you'll know this a lot of you, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Hebrews 4, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joins, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts, attitudes of the heart. Psalm 19, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It's actually Psalm 119, I've missed off a one. James 1, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. Luke 11, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Psalm 18, as for God, his way is perfect, the Lord's word is flawless, he shields all who take refuge in him. Matthew 4, Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And lastly, Matthew 7, therefore anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. To look at the Bible, to look through the Bible, through scripture, the word of God, truly can lead us to live an abundant life. And so to explore it and encourage us today, I am going to look of a part of Psalm 119. And on your um, uh, chairs, also there are little kind of little note uh, pages that, you know, if you want to jot anything down, it's like, oh, I really want to think about that later, or God's really highlighted this or that to me. They're there for you to use as well. I forgot to mention them earlier. Psalm 119 is the longest um, psalm, and it's the longest chapter in the whole of the Bible. So there's one for a, a pub quiz uh, if it comes up. It's the longest chapter, the longest psalm. And um, it's written as devotion. It's celebrating the word of God. And it asks questions about how to navigate life. And it celebrates the reality that journeying with God through his word is life. It is abundant life. So um, here we go. This is the middle section that I'm just going to uh, kind of uh, draw things from this morning, which is verses 97 to 105. Oh, oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Your commands are always with me and make me wiser than my enemies. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. I've kept my feet from every evil path so that I might obey your word. I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me. 
How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. The beginning of that, oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. I don't know, how do those words resonate with your feelings and your experience? We know that the Bible is important. But maybe to say that we love it, that we love it, um, might, might be stretching it a bit. And in terms of thinking about it every minute of every day, I don't know. Life gets busy. There are a million things floating around in our heads, things happening to us, things happening around us. And God's word can seem distant sometimes. And if verse 97 feels a million miles from your experience today, please stay tuned in to what I'm going to say. Don't zone out. Because the words of this psalm are written down for our benefit. The words aren't here because the psalmist knows everyone feels this way. Oh, how I love your words. He knows that looking through scripture, looking at scripture, living out scripture is the best way to live, to be most alive. You can hear it in the words, can't you? It's the Bible that sheds light on our lives. It gives us God's perspective and that brings us life. It speaks to us of endless and timeless truth and so, so much more. So stick, stick with me. Think about this week. What were you doing on Monday? Friday? No, what happened on Friday? All of us have made a lot of decisions this week. From what clothes to put on, maybe? Um, All of us have made decisions. Should I call that person? Do my plans need to change because of that email I got? I've got a deadline. What should I do first? Some of those decisions are pretty easy to make. And equally, there are some decisions that we find ourselves turning to people for advice. You know, people who know us well. People who um, we, we know that they, they know how, they make, how we tick and we know that we can trust them and we ask them for advice. Maybe people that are smarter to us, for us than us. If you want financial advice, you need to talk to Stephen over there. If you want to know how to play the guitar, talk to Tom and Tim. <laughs> I always call you Tom by accident. <laughs> talk to Tim. <laughs> if you want to speak to someone about building a bridge, do not speak to me. Talk to an engineer. But when it comes to needing to understand really what you're grappling with, God's law is so important. It comes into its own. 2 Peter 1 verse 3 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. You already have, we already have the information, the knowledge that we need to make good and godly decisions. It's here. How kind, how generous, how loving is that? That God has given us knowledge through scripture. That in itself ought to help us to love God's words, his laws. God has shown us the right way to go. He's given us light in the darkness of our daily lives. But it takes action to discover what God says 
And that's where meditating on God's word all day long comes in. It's not just a bolt on, what shall I do? Lord, will you please speak? You know, and let's be honest, who hasn't actually done that a few times? But it's not that. It's not flicking through in a moment to get the answer. Looking at God, looking at his character, looking at his promises to fill our minds with good things when we're struggling and when we're not, to know what's right, struggling with the decisions we're facing maybe, or being battered by the news and the prevailing culture that we find ourselves living in. And God says, in all of that, fill your mind with my truth, and then you'll know what the right thing is to do. Some of you will know Caroline, she's one of our um, uh, pastors in the church, and a few years ago, um, her, one of her children was very um, ill, he, he had cancer, and uh, I remember kind of sitting with Caroline in the hospital, and she had her journal, she had her Bible, and she had written out particular promises, and she literally st- She lived from these verses, but it wasn't just in a moment at the hospital that she thought, oh, where are those promises again? This was a lifetime. This was um, day after day, week after week, year after year of learning the promises of God, who he is, what he says. And so in that crisis moment, she was able to dig really deep. And he got better, and it was all good. But if we fill our lives with the word of God and chew them over, God will help us. There is no substitute for that real deep learning and meditating on God's word. Looking at, looking through the word of God will bring life and blessing in every situation, the good ones and the ones that we find really, really hard. And there's so many different ways to do that. And I'd encourage you, maybe, if you've kind of been reading the Bible one way, and maybe things have got a bit stale, or you've stopped a little bit, or there's been, you know, something's kind of happened, try, try something different, try something new. There's so many different ways of exploring how you focus on God's word in every season. Maybe you might walk and listen. There's so much, you know, apps and stuff out there. Are you sitting? Are you doing night feeds with a baby? Are you with friends learning God's um, word with friends? Brilliant podcast. Do you have a devotional book that helps? I just picked these up this morning because I thought, actually, I bought this one, yes, end of last week, Soul Fuel by Bear Grylls, endorsed by HTB, and it looks, it looks really good. So guys, you might fancy a bit of Bear grills, I don't know. Uh, day by day, we talk about this, emotionally healthy spirituality, quite often. Fantastic. Just day by day to help you focus in on God's word. Uh, seeking God's face, that takes you through the Bible in a year. It's fantastic. I don't know. I mean, there's so many. These are just off my shelf this morning. Celtic um, daily prayer books. Beautiful wisdom from the, the saints of old. Uh, Couples devotional. If you're married, how are you investing together in, um, in learning God's word and, and sitting in God's le- word through every season of your marriage? It's not just a bolt-on. And I'd recommend as well, Lectio 365, morning and evening. Fantastic way to start the day and end the day. 
praise, pray go, lovely Catholic app, like really helps with like imaginative prayer. If you want to kind of sit in the Bible and, and begin to experience the scenes and just think about reading scripture and experiencing the word of God in different ways, brilliant. Do you want to read one verse and just sit before God with it? Do you use your commute or the school run to focus on God's word? Walking back, maybe not walking there. To bring focus to your life. And I'm preaching to myself here as well. I might have all these books, but it doesn't mean that I find it easy to stop and sit still. That's why I need friends to hold me accountable. So anyway, he begins in uh, verse 98, contrasting with his enemies. You might, we all might at different times encounter a real struggle. You know, you, you've kind of, you've got your Bible and you know you have that thought, what if, what if I'm wrong? What if this is, what if it's not what it says it is? What if it's not all that? And the psalmist realises that we have sometimes that little voice that wants to cast doubt on the power and the truth of scripture. And sometimes we look around the world and we think, well, they seem to understand the world better than I do. Sometimes they understand how it works. I'm not sure I do. And there's no end of people in our world that are eager to tell us that followers of Jesus are fools and that they are wise. We believe, don't we, that God eternal became flesh and came to earth. He performed logic-defying miracles, and then in a moment of seeming weakness, his death on the cross was somehow the most victorious moment. And then after he was dead, he came back to life and rose to heaven. And the world says, there is no God. That is a foolish story. Why would anyone believe such a mad story? Well, thankfully, Paul in 1 Corinthians writes this fantastic passage. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligence I will frustrate. Where there Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has God not made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demanded a sign and Greeks looked for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles, but to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. No matter how clever or how witty people think they are, no one can ever be truly wise if they've rejected God's word and the power of the cross. Those who listen to God, whose commands are with them always, really are wiser. And in scripture, you will find guidance that you won't find anywhere else. Wiser than our enemies. And then the psalmist moves on to contrast with people who teach him. Looking at the Bible, I've talked about mining for gold before. The treasure, the kingdom treasure in each other. But the Bible is like mining for gold. Digging down and bringing up gold to put on display. A treasure that transforms us, it renews us, it directs us, it does so much. And anyone can go down to find treasure 
at the same spot. It's not like a gold mine that we would see on, on the earth. Do you know what I mean? Anyone can go down in any verse, in any book, to mine incredible truth. This is an incredible book full of truth. You are holding God's, hand, God's gold mine in your hands when you pick up your Bible. And the psalmist also contrasts himself when the el- with the elders. And it's right to respect the wisdom of those who've gone ahead. And the Old Testament sets the bar really high for the leaders of God's people. But in verse 100, he says, um, I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. See, it's not just about understanding uh, the word of God, but obeying it is the working out of real understanding, living it out. Our aim in in reading God's word isn't just to prove we've got the biggest brain and can remember the most. (laughs) It, It should be to know God and his ways more for sure. But it's also to obey them. In obeying God's word, that is where there is life, abundant life, an adventure of life. In the valleys, on the mountaintops, knowing him and obeying him is where abundant life is always found. And my prayer is that as a church, all of us can be growing in God's word, in understanding it and obeying it. Because we'll receive the guidance that we won't receive anywhere else. That we will come to God's word excited. That we can know more, that we can go deeper. We can mine for gold on every page in every verse. For ourselves, for each other, and for a world that is hungry for God's word. Verse 101 says, I have kept my feet from every evil path so that I might obey your word. I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me. If you imagine life as like one of those um, mazes, I don't know if you've ever been to one of these, I think I've got a picture of one there. The only one who knows how to get through without taking any of the wrong turns is the one who designed it and the one who planted it in the first place. The problem is, as you go into a maze, there are so many options, aren't there? So many um, turns and so many dead ends. But there's also a path that if we took it, we get straight through to the right place. And that is possible if we stick to the instructions of the one who designed it and made that maze, who knows what the right path is. We will get to the right place. Isn't that what the uh, psalmist is saying. God himself has taught us the right way to go. His laws, his commands, his words show us this is the right path to take. If we stick to God's word, we will know which way to go. He will give us instruction. Now I know the reality is that we all walk into dead ends. We maybe even try to climb over the hedge (laughs) to get through. We might even try and get some kind of uh, tree cutters out to get through. We do take winding routes sometimes through life. But the great news is that God will help us. Don't know if you've ever set your sat-nav and then taken a wrong turn and the sat-nav saying, make a U-turn, make a U-turn. And then it's like screaming at you, make a U-turn. We need to repent. We need to come back. If we've gone wrong, 
God's law, the Bible shows us what is right, what is wrong. And he even, in his grace, God pulls us back, says, come on, make a U-turn, repent, come back. I love being in my life group. Some people are in prayer triplets, um, all sorts of ways, friends, podcast, book, videos, conferences. God uses all of these sorts of things to help us navigate with his word through life. But we need to be looking at the Bible to know what he's saying. And in looking at God's word, the more we get to know God's guidance and his character, the more it will transform us, not just about right and wrong, but our, our experience of what is the best way. In, some, in verse 103, it says, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. The best taste in your mouth, the best thing ever, that is what God's word is. As we read it, as we speak it, as we meditate on it, as we live it out and obey it, is the sweetest, best taste. And as for the, the sinful paths that we might be tempted to choose, what happens is as we read God's word, we increasingly learn to say no to those things. We understand more how harmful, how destructive disobeying God really is. And it's not just what we know when we read scripture, it's also we begin to feel. We begin to feel it because as we read it, God's spirit is deeply at work in us. There's like an emotional reaction almost. We love this thing. We love scripture. We love these words more and more because it's so sweet. And we begin to hate sin because it's disgusting. And we know there is is sweetness, there is the best to be found as we meditate and learn the law of the Lord. I don't know if you've ever weaned a baby, some of my favourite parenting um, moments. But, you know, as a baby, as they, like, they're in their high chair and you give them a spoon of something and if they don't like it, like it's instant, as soon as it touches their tongue, like it's out and they can't bear it. And that should be our response to sin. Like we go, no, I'm not even going to taste it. I don't want it. And I know personally, when I have wandered away from reading my Bible... I am so much more easily tempted to sin. My reaction to sin isn't as strong. It isn't, no, hate it, no, not doing that. My reaction isn't as strong. And when I'm connected and centered on his word, I know I don't want it. I don't want to do that. And there's like an emotional response, spiritual response, as well as what I then choose to do or not do. And when I settle and I read my Bible, even just for short bursts, you know, I really encourage you, if it's been a while since you picked up your Bible, just do it. I know my experience when I've kind of, it's been a little while and I come back and I go, and it's like, oh, oh, why, why wasn't I doing this the whole time? <laughs> but when someone tells you the Bible is sweeter than honey, What do you do? When you hear that today for yourself, the Bible is sweeter than honey. 
I want to come to it hungry. I want to learn and turn my focus to all that it says to me. That's where we will find the experience of abundant life with God. Abundant life of knowing God through his word. And our prevailing culture would say, the Bible is irrelevant. But I'm saying, do not buy that. That is not true. The psalmist says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And you only discover that sweet taste of God's guidance and his presence and his wisdom if you really give it a go. When you're a toddler and uh, you know, your parent knows that there's something that you're probably going to like if you'll just give it a go. <laughs> Come on, just, just have a try. And they do. And they're like, and their eyes light up. I think sometimes it's like that with scripture for us. And I'm saying this morning, come on, let's come back. Maybe you are really rooted in your Bible, and that's amazing. There's more. There's always more depth to plumb of God's word. And if it's been a while, or if you feel like things have got a bit stale, I'm like, come on, give it a go. Try it. Just open a page and start. Because aren't we like children? We know God wants to give us his sweet instruction, but how often do we fight him? So we're like, no, I'm going to do things my way. seems like it's going, okay, God, I'm going to carry on. And we choose to fill our time, and we choose to fill our lives with all sorts of other things and turn our heads in the high chair and go, no, I'm all right. But if we took a bite, if we'll take time to read or listen to Scripture, be with friends, get into a life group, chew it over together and learn... We will live an abundant life because we'll see more clearly. And what the psalmist says, we will be able to confidently say, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. That is abundant life. So I'm going to pray and the band are going to come and Faye is going to lead us in communion in a minute and we're going to worship God. So, yeah, let's just, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the freedom uh, that we have to just access it in this country. And Lord, we um, pray for each of us here. That Holy Spirit, you would help us to, to really grasp that, the importance of your word to us. And Lord, you would help us to obey. Would you help us, God, as we walk with you to obey and to love your word even more and more? Would it be the sweetest thing we ever taste, the best thing we ever do? And I'm just, as I was preparing, I just thought, just to throw out some questions that you might just want to think for a second about and just respond in prayer, just you and the Lord. How are you? How are you? How am I looking through the Bible right now? How am I looking at the Bible right now? And what would you really love to be different about how you are looking and reading scripture right now? And just tell Jesus about it.
What would you like to be different today? What would you like to be different next week? And as you live through 2022, looking at the beginning of a new year, Lord, help us to understand what you would like us to do. And maybe just bring to mind just one thing this week that you might do to take one step towards that dream, that hope about the changes that you would want to make in your life to read, to learn and to obey. Lord, we thank you for the richness of your word. We thank you that it feeds us. Pray, Lord, would we feed? Would we come? Would we stop? Would we meditate? Would we turn our attention to you, God, in in a new way? We bless you. We thank you. Amen.